Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Vegan Food and Living's Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. With a new episode live every Tuesday, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test the newest vegan products, and chat to some of the leading names in veganism. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're new or a seasoned listener, we are so happy to have you here. If you enjoy listening to this week's show, we'd love it if you shared it with your friends. Get everybody on board. Let's get everyone going vegan or cutting down on their meat and fish and dairy and living a more sustainable life. Head over to YouTube where you can listen to us each week. Um, You can also download us on um, iTunes and all the app stores. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Vegan Food and Living and at Simply Vegan Podcast. So let's dive into our news and reviews section. So each week, Gabriella joins me for our taste tests and our news chat. Then we go on to the interview after that. So first up, news literally has just come in today that Burger King have added a vegan chicken burger to the menu. It's a vegan royale and it's certified by the Vegan Society, which is amazing. Yeah, it's created by the vegetarian butcher. So it's great that these big brands are kind of turning to these niche vegan brands to, uh, you know, provide them with these plant-based options. So it's not something we tr- we've tried yet because it's literally just launched today. But what did you think of the story, Gabriella? I have to say, reading through the uh, information in the press release, I was really impressed. My immediate reaction, I'm often quite put off by, you know, big fast food chains doing a vegan option personally in terms of me trying it because I am a bit worried about cross-contamination or have they definitely used, you know, the vegan mayo and Sometimes that can uh, put me off a bit, but the efforts that Burger King seem to have gone to to really make this 100% vegan friendly, you know, it's been approved and accredited by the Vegan Society. Like you say, they've worked with the vegetarian butcher and Peter have got involved. So I think kudos to Burger King for putting in such a huge amount of effort to make this really 
authentically and reassuringly vegan. Yeah, it'd be great to try it. I mean, I like you, I don't tend to go to fast food restaurants anymore. Um, obviously, in, in my 20s, maybe I did. <laughs> you know, you might be feeling a bit worse for wear after a student night out or something. You might head over to uh, Burger King or McDonald's. Um, so, yeah, I haven't been to a Burger King for a long time, but it's just great that these options are there. And, you know, people might not even be vegan, but if they have the choice, then they might reach for the, you know, the vegan option instead of the meat option, which, you know, is helping towards um, cutting down on greenhouse gases and things like that. Um, They're encouraging meat-free Mondays at the moment, um, which is great. So if you download the app, um, I know during April, I'm not sure about May, but definitely during April. So you've got about another week to make the most of it. If you have the app, uh, the on Mondays, you can get the Vegan Royale for just one ninety nine, which is a bargain. Amazing. I think they, they kind of had to go for it with this one because there was a lot of publicity, wasn't there, about their, um, their plant-based uh, beef burger, in inverted commas, the, the plant-based Whopper, should I rather, um, because it's plant-based, but it's cooked on the same grills as the meat burgers. So that was a real disappointment. And sadly, that's still the case. They're, they're still cooking them with the meat burgers. So that's still not an option for, for us vegans. But like you say, they, uh, they've obviously tried to make amends with this one. And um, yeah, it's good news. Yeah, the lengths they've gone to for sure. And um, reading some of the, the insight from the vegetarian butcher, you know, their mission is to help people make easy and tasty plant-based switches. And I know, you know, a vegan option at a chain like Burger King might not be the right choice for every vegan. Some people don't feel comfortable, you know, supporting those brands or they don't feel comfortable eating in the same restaurant. But I think, you know, encouraging everyone, not just vegans, but vegetarians or flexitarians or people who, you know, meat reducers, shall we call them, a really tasty, easy plant-based switch is amazing. So as we're on the subject of plant-based meats or mock meats, whatever you want to call them, um, we did a taste test this week on this. Uh, This isn't, so I I expect you've heard of it, Um, This Isn't Bacon is one of the best-selling vegan bacon products. And they've got some new products out this week. So we taste tested uh, that this isn't vegan bacon and also the new this isn't bacon lardons what did you think of them so I am a huge long-standing fan of this isn't bacon it's a pretty big staple in my weekend diet I have to say (laughs) Sunday morning BLT with this isn't bacon and I really love the brand it's probably the vegan mock meats that you can buy in the supermarket, the one I'd be most proud and comfortable kind of serving to non, non-vegans and meat eaters. Mm. Um, even just the smell. I mean, when you cook it in your house, it's so realistic, so realistic. So um, I was already a huge fan of the, the bacon rashers. Um, and I really, really liked the lardons as well. I thought they added such a, a nice kind of smoky flavor. We had them with a carbonara, didn't we? 
Yeah. The team kindly sent us everything to make a delicious carbonara. And yeah, texture was great, kind of crispy, but with that slight chewiness that you'd expect. I loved them. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I mean, I don't when when I first went vegan and, and this product came out, this isn't bacon. Um, yeah, I was uh, sort of raving about them, telling meat eaters they had to try it. Um, my brother-in-law went vegetarian and he loved it. So I think, you know, for anyone that's worried about missing out on bacon sandwiches, it's definitely the one to go to. Um, the Lardons, I, yeah, I loved the idea because they, like you said, they sent us everything to make a carbonara. So I think the sauce was from Sakla and then there was some pasta um and the lardon so the, the sauce was like a creamy carbonara sauce yeah so kind of chucked it all in it was such a nice quick meal and it actually used to be my daughter's favorite meal carbonara um before she went vegan you know going back quite a few years now so it was lovely to serve it to her and say you know you can have carbonara again because it's not it's, it's not um something i've cooked since going vegan actually mm. um i found them quite salty but I do love salty things, so that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think for some people, they might be a little bit too salty. But yeah, really good texture and um, a lovely, yeah, made a really good dish. They're also launching, um, this isn't pork cocktail sausages as well in Tesco's and Sainsbury's. So yeah, we're looking forward to trying them. I think the team are going to send those over. They're two seventy five, and the bacon lardons are two ninety five. Well, for our second taste test this week, we delved into the world of Novish, which is a brand from the Netherlands, and I hadn't heard of it before. I think it's not been in the UK very long. It's available at Acardo and the Vegan Kind supermarket. Um, but they're they're sort of hoping to get into more retailers. So it was a real joy to discover this brand, actually. And I am now a huge fan. What did you think of it, Gabriella? I was so pleasantly surprised by these products. Um, so I tried the, I suppose they're kind of like fish nuggets fish bites yeah they're kind of sort of cubes aren't they so they're they're sort of chunkier than nuggets definitely they're kind of the white fish texture I suppose and then in the breadcrumbs like you would imagine a a fish finger traditional fish finger to be yeah when I got them out of the freezer and onto a baking tray to cook them I thought these aren't going to be for me there was quite a fishy smell and having not had that taste for you know a number of years I thought I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy these and I've previously found kind of vegan fish replacements not that enjoyable but stuck with it popped them in the oven and wow they were absolutely delicious I was so pleasantly surprised texture was amazing really realistic that lovely kind of light flakiness um so really just a lovely texture with that crispy breadcrumb on the outside and then there was a hint of I suppose a more fish flavor without being synthetic or overwhelming or sickly for me it was a real perfect balance for that fish tasting alternative for somebody who hasn't eaten something like that in a long time 
What did you think? Yeah, so the fish bite, the Vish bites with a V, um, are two ninety nine at uh, the vegan kind supermarket or two pound fifty at Acado. Um, they also do uh, fish sticks, which are more like fish fingers and fish burgers. Um, and they also sent us the fillets. I'm not sure where they're available yet. I'm not sure if they're they're in the UK yet, but. I loved the bites. They were my favorite out of the range. They, like you say, they're sort of light and fluffy. They weren't too greasy and they had a really nice sort of lemony flavor. I, I yeah. kind of picked up. Um, yeah, I would definitely buy these. And I'm not, I don't tend to buy vegan fish. I, I think I was sent Moving Mountains fish fingers a while ago and they're great. I wouldn't eat them myself just because... I just wouldn't eat fish fingers and things like that anyway. It's, it's, I suppose it's more like a, you think of it as more like a kid food, don't you? You would, but I am partial to a mock fish finger sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I give them to my son and he does not notice the difference. And he'll sort of say, well, are these real? And I'm like, no, but they're the ones that you like. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, yes, I'll have those. Um, but the fish, yeah, the fish bites were great I I had them with like a massive salad and then I had some more with um I made some home like homemade tartar sauce with uh I know I haven't made it before um I just kind of googled the recipe and just sort of chucked it all in together but Hellman's vegan mayonnaise some capers and chopped up gherkins and some lemon juice oh it was amazing that sounds absolutely delicious. I couldn't stop eating it. You know how I like things sort of pickled. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the sticks were great too. I really liked those. I'd say the burgers were uh, sort of a different texture. They were more like chicken burgers to me. I don't know if it's because they were more sort of compressed. They weren't as light and flaky. Um, still really good, but I probably wouldn't choose those. I'd definitely go for the bites over the, the other things. Um, and the same with the fillets. They um, they were sort of obviously big and flat. Um, the, the breadcrumb was sort of more orangey, whereas I mm. found the the crumb on the bites and the sticks just a bit lighter and, I don't know, somehow a bit more natural. But yes, I would I would encourage anyone to um, head on over to Ocado or the Vegan Kind Supermarket and uh, give them a go. Definitely. And, you know, if you're like me and you were put off by trying something with a fishy flavour, now you no longer eat that food. Um, I know over Christmas I tried a lot of the supermarket brands and um, things like their fake prawn tempuras and found those flavours quite difficult to stomach. Um, I think no fish, yeah. fish with a B, um, have really, really got this right. I was surprised and delighted I think the vegan fish market is going to really you know it's the next thing that's going to see a huge boom I think because obviously we've had a huge uh, uptake in uh, the vegan mock meats over the last two or three years and I think fish is the next kind of domain especially with sea spiracy I mean that's just blown up hasn't it so many people are saying they're giving up fish after watching that huge I've had so many conversations or even overheard so many people say that's really kind of shocked them into making a change so it's a perfect time to be taste testing and, and for them to be launching and um, when it's so part of the conversation yeah exciting times
Well, that brings us to the end of this week's news and reviews section. But don't go anywhere, because next up, I'll be speaking to Sam Dennigan, who is CEO of Strong Roots, the uh, frozen food company that makes plant-based food for busy people. He's a champion for ending veg poverty, and he also discusses how frozen vegetables can be really good for our health. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Strong Roots, it's very much a, a sort of a plant-based company, isn't it? Do you follow a plant-based diet or are you vegan? In our house, we we tend to be uh, a balanced diet as opposed to anything omitted. Um, so we've definitely reduced our our animal-based protein in, uh, input by uh, you know 75% over the last kind of three to five years, especially with all of the samples and product tasting and stuff that goes on in the business. Um, but we're, we're not exclusively vegan. And I think that's, you know, that that's the ethos of the brand as well. We're trying to be the, the Sherpa for the, for the consumer, um, which kind of elevates the convenience of their plate, as opposed to being a meat replacer uh, or being a, an animal protein replacer. And, and that's where we fit. And, and it kind of, the products fit in my lifestyle the same way. So by making better vegetable products, we can eat more of them um, as a, uh, and less and less meat as opposed to, to focusing on omission. Kind of reducitarian, as they might call it. <laughs> reducitarian, flexitarian. It depends on the week. But yeah, absolutely much. I mean, ultimately, you know, our, our goal is to help people eat less meat. Um, you know, we've done advertising campaigns relative to that you know with the slogans of no meat to veg and um and 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 other calls to action um but ultimately you know we try to be a brand that doesn't preach um and 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 practice what 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 we what we and you know live what we do which is which is balance um primarily and following that kind of mediterranean diet um by eating eating more vegetables pulses uh, and seeds etc so you come from a family background in food don't you how did this kind of influence you and inspire you when you were setting up strong roots yeah it's a great question um i'm kind of still doing what i was doing since the start of my career so i left school i went to art college briefly for a year and then i started working in my family's business which is a fresh produce um you know distribution company and um, I learned everything there was to know about, you know, um, fruit, vegetables, potatoes, the the, the agriculture, uh, primary producer elements to it, all the way to, you know, trends and forecasting for for consumers in the home and what they were eating and what was what was changing, etc. So I had this ten year uh, experience in my family's business before starting Strong Roots and. You know that the 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 joke that I make regularly is that you know I'm just a, a a fancy green grocer selling frozen vegetables instead of fresh ones. But I've I've kind of been doing this for uh, the last twenty years um, in one shape or or another. I have to say the spinach bites are a household favorite here. My daughter is always asking for them. She's vegan. Um, awesome. 
which is quite annoying because I'm, I always forget to pick them up. So I'm having to go out to Tesco's to grab them. I think they're in co-op as well, aren't they? They're, they're really good. Yeah, our spinach, but we're really proud of our spinach bites. They were one of our first, I think they were, our, our sweet potato fries came first and then our spinach bites were in the second batch of new products that we released. Um, and we're particularly proud of those because we took a product from a, a manufacturer's catalogue and it had cheese in it. And they were like, a spinachy, cheesy, dairy-filled kind of, you know, unhealthy kind of appetizer or canapé. And we kind of reverse engineered it and we were like, you know, what can we what can we use to make the spinach more creamy instead of having the dairy and, and still get that comfort food, delicious, you know, uh, texture at the same time as a kind of crisp bite. Um, and at the same time, we were trying to replace um you know gluten with um dehydrated vegetable crumbs instead of breading so that product in its simplicity is actually incredibly complicated to do um and is even more complicated to to make delicious um because it's it's literally just you know vegetables um every every part of it and uh, yeah it's it's a favorite in our house as well i regularly take that out at uh, dinner parties with uh, some sriracha mayo and uh there's never any left lovely yeah you're making me hungry now <laughs> I do actually have a <laughs> I do actually have a bag in the freezer so I might have to crack them open after the podcast awesome awesome uh, um I love the ethos behind your brand firstly that it's plant-based food designed for busy lives um would you say your products are kind of healthy alternatives for when we don't have time to cook from scratch that that's it in a nutshell we um you know uh as i was saying to you off uh off recording we we want to be the the sherpas for the consumer we want the consumer to be the 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 champion who gets to the top of the mountain um and we just want to help them help help to get them there um you know we 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 exist to elevate the plate and uh make it easier for people to eat healthier in a very short space of time so you know everything we do is plant-based um we're taste first because a lot of plant-based products and a lot of alternative you know replacement products can often miss the taste piece um because of all of the the other things that they're trying to check the boxes on so we start with taste and then work backwards um so everything that um everything that we we do is 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 ridiculously tasty you know a large part of our consumer uses our products center of plate side of plate um, but ultimately, we're trying to to create, you know, hacks for people um, so that they can eat healthily more more frequently. And we're also completely comfortable with being the backup in the freezer. Um, you know, we we know that people try and, and prepare fresh meals as as much as possible. But when you just couldn't be arsed, um, you know, <laughs> we we want we want to play that role. So we 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 make sure that we're always in your freezer in some capacity. This is it. I mean, you know, we have to be realistic, don't we? As much as I personally and a lot of our listeners would love to be eating a completely whole food, plant-based diet 100% of the time, we live in a very hectic modern world where, you know, jobs get in the way, children, well, not get in the way, but demand our time. And, you know, we're juggling a lot. So having things like that in the freezer is, yeah, always a godsend for me. Um, Do you think, frozen vegetables are as good for us as fresh ones 
they're uh, scientifically proven to be better. Um, so as a result of the, the the lack of travel days in the supply chain, um, they have they're more um, you know nutrient dense than than fresh vegetables. Obviously, in an environment where um, you know the, the the supply chain is incredibly efficient, so things that are grown in Britain and have a very short amount of days to supermarket shelf and then consumers home are obviously going to be able to to stand up against them. But things that are unseasonal, um, you know, frozen is the best way to eat nutrient dense food uh, out of season um, uh, because it's ultimately frozen, you know, from the fields um, by IQF individually quick frozen um, each item or each chip or each burger. And um, it, it contains that and it, and it stops the, the, the bacterial degradation of, of the product from, from the get-go. So it is, it is, it's better. Um, that's not to say that um, people shouldn't eat fresh vegetables. Obviously, um, there's nothing quite like the, the crunch uh, or, the, or the, you know, juiciness of a tomato or something like that. Um, and I certainly wouldn't ever completely migrate away, but it is an incredibly efficient, uh, nutritious, um, uh, you know, uh, way of eating, which also completely eradicates food waste as well. So the more frozen you can have for nutrition is also the more food waste you're eradicating from your life as well. Yeah, that's, that's you know, quite a revelation to me, actually, because you always sort of feel like you're cheating if you're you know, getting out the frozen peas or something, but actually, <laughs> you know, if they've got more nutrients in them, then we should all be stocking up. Tell us about your Make Veg Poverty History campaign. Yeah, um, really, really exciting program that we've uh, been working on for the best part of nine months, um, you know, through the COVID pandemic, basically. Um initially uh, trying to figure out how we can best serve the consumer um, and also society at, at the same time um, with, you know, spending our marketing dollars in a way that can benefit um, and be more conscious capitalism than we've ever done before. So we, we were looking for a, a cause to support um, as a business we have very, very active and and um, vocal uh, employees and staff who feel that businesses can be better. Um, so, in the middle of 2020, we we decided, among other things, to, to to try and find a cause that was worth supporting and that was something that we could, you know, very support support incredibly well based on our knowledge and our skill set as a, as a food business. Um, and um and, and also we, we we decided at the same time to become a, a b corporation um which has happened relatively recently for us the make veg poverty history campaign is is specifically an effort um against uh food insecurity there is a unacceptable amount of food insecurity in the uk um i think you know that the timing couldn't have been better with the rightfully uh, elevated um uh, press that that Marcus Rashford achieved around um the problems of of you know lower social demographic households just not getting the food that they need there's a huge difference between the quality of food and the volume of food 
you know, I think it's it's really easy to go to one of the fast food chains and spend a couple of pounds to buy a big meal, but the nutritional density of that is nowhere near, um, you know, fresh or frozen vegetables. And the more we looked at the food insecurity situation and the more research that we did, which was quite, you know, conclusive, it was that essentially like one in four Britons you know, don't have enough fruit and veg in their diet and it's because they can't access it. Um, or, you know, because of, of poor education around food, don't know what to do with it when they do have it. Um, but the access thing is huge. So, you know, we, we are a food company, we're a frozen food company. Uh, and when we started trying to figure out how we could help with food insecurity, we, we just, you know, initially reached out to some food banks to figure out like what their struggles were. And we were fascinated and, you know, horrified to understand that actually there's no freezers in the food banks. You know, everything is ambient and a lot of the time, you know, not, you know, wouldn't be good to, to eat on a daily basis with no kind of balance. So immediately, you know, we, we, we found a way that we could help and like tangibly help and, and, and you know, get hands on with it straight away. So we collaborated with um, an outfit called Banquet which is a company that helps link, um, you know, big surplus amounts of food with food banks um, between retailers, et cetera. Um, and we've also been working with other community groups to try and understand what the needs for their areas are, um, which we'll be doing much more work on through the second and third quarter of this year, um, uh, which are, are just going live at the moment. So, so ultimately, you know, it's not good enough that in a first world country that we have third world conditions uh, in certain communities. And it's very easy for us to help bring awareness to that fact, um, which will ultimately lead to, you know, us, you know, taking conclusive evidence to the government in the UK uh, to try and convince them to do something about it. Um, so ultimately, this is, this is, you know, something that, uh, alerts people to the issues at the same time as allows us to like you know walk the walk as opposed to just talk the talk so um we got the two-time olympian nicola adams involved uh, and who's been a great ambassador to try and elevate that message to to, to more people so we're going to be working with her you know for the foreseeable future on that and and also there's been great response from uh, the major broadcasters and and um, and press, um, and and it really showed us how much of a support there can be for this, but also how much of a need there is for it as well. Like we 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 set up a single food bank in in Hackney, um, which was over oversubscribed every single day that it was open. I think with 150 food packages delivered every day to people in need, and um, you know that's just really scratching the surface on on where we need to go with this. So. Um, uh the, the plan is to, to roll this out nationally um to, to create more partnerships with other bigger organizations uh and, and also um make it a global initiative as well because the the issues are not uh you know britain centric um we've the same issues here in the us where i live um as well as um other countries where we distribute our products so uh this is this is some a way that we can help and, and something that we know a lot about um so that's uh that's our make veg poverty history 
So apart from raising awareness of the issue, I mean, what's your main aim to kind of make sure there's freezers in um, food bank? I mean, that that is a, a, a part of a solution to the overall problem. But but the aim is to uh, to assist in the eradication of food insecurity in a first world country like Britain. Like it's it's not acceptable that uh, you know people are hungry in in a in a in a in London. Never mind uh, more rural communities. Um, there is access to food. There is huge food waste. And if we can leverage one to the other, uh, the problem is solved. So. The, the mission and the goal is to solve the problem ultimately. Yeah. So would that involve kind of partnering with supermarkets to stop them, you know, throwing out food that, that is actually okay? But Supermar- Supermarkets are actually really good and, and proactive about uh, getting involved in these programs. They have their own programs. Um, um, uh, you know, all of them have their own programs in, in this respect. I think what they would probably say is that they've only scratched the surface too and that everything can be improved. Um, you know, it takes manpower. It takes uh, it takes highlighting the subject for the right people to, to do something about it. And um, and that's our goal for this year. Our goal is to to bring it to a place, you know, um, to, to keep the conversation going um, and to make sure that, you know, even at, at, at a level of government, that um, there is efforts and budget and proper change um, that's uh, that's done to to help solve the problem and not just sweep it under the rug. Um, but the retailers are a big part of this, um, you know, and 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 their food distribution landscape is a huge part of of needing to connect the dots between availability and and, and need. Um, so yes, you know, absolutely, we we'd love to work with the retailers. Um, because they so, they play a, such a huge role, but it needs to be uh, much further than that. You know, it, it needs to be a, a an absolute requirement nationally, as opposed to just from commerce or just from government. It's so hidden, isn't it? Food poverty, um, and I think you know where you do kind of come into contact with it, as it were, is when you're out shopping and there's maybe a a basket or a box where you can drop food. Um, from your shopping but of course you wouldn't ever drop frozen food or fresh vegetables into that box you'd yeah. always go for perhaps a thing of cereals or some crisps or tinned beans or something like that so yeah it's definitely a system that needs a bit of an overhaul yeah and our, our aim is to change exactly what you've just described you know uh, putting in helping putting in the infrastructure so that more uh you know uh food categories can be donated um outside of what you described mm. so finally what tips would you offer to people eating a vegan diet on a low budget i think uh i mean uh f- frozen frozen is a great option um i think uh strong roots is is uh, is a, is a great option within that i think um you know one of the things that people tend to shy away from trying a more vegan inclusive diet is is their perception of the loss of protein um without the knowledge of how much pulses can play a part in that um so uh, for me it's about uh learning more about you know how to how to um move to a vegan diet 
um, the role of pulses, the, lo- the role of grains, the role of, you know, alternative grains and seeds, which mightn't be a kind of a day-to-day part of traditional diet, but um, are very, very nutritionally dense um, and can easily play the, the role that, that uh, meat has been playing for, for so long. Um, I think, um, you know, understanding a lot about our consumer, it's about having those backups uh, and having something that that um, is easy to make. And I think, you know, two, three years ago uh, is hugely different to today. You know, there is scores of challenger brands entering the retailers now that have, um, you know, alternative meat proteins, whether it's beef or chicken or, you know, fish replacement. Um, you know, we're there for the, the veg forward consumers. Um, a lot of people are not trying to replace meat. They're just wanting to eat more veg. Um, and that's the role that we play. So if you want a, a healthy chip or a different type of vegetable or, you know, a, a veggie burger that you can pop into the toaster and have ready in a couple of minutes, um, you know, it's, it's not complicated. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I would say, you know, no differently than, you know, for the, the advice that you would get when you're studying or when you're focusing on work, it's about being well stocked and not having to, to plan and, knee jerk into you know one of the food delivery platforms that is easy to get vegan food but it might have incredibly high calorific value in comparison to the stuff that that, that you could plan for the retailers um, um so i think that'd be that'd be my steer anyway bit of meal prep an organization which i'm terrible at <laughs> oh, over overnight oats and all the things that we forget about exactly you're like why didn't i do them last night so sustainability is obviously a huge driver for you. What kind of um, initiatives do you have within the company that kind of, um, you know, make sure that you're, uh, you know, operating in a sustainable way? Uh, the answer is uh, everything. So I mentioned about our, our, our B Corp um, involvement. Uh, we've been certified earlier in, in the quarter and, you know, what that's about is doing better business uh, holistically, whether it's people, uh, planet and profit. It's, it's this idea of the triple bottom line and, and conscious capitalism. Um, so, you know, everything from the veg waste that we produce in our manufacturers is recycled and used to create biogas um, that ultimately powers the, the um, electricity in, in some of the factories. Uh, runoff rainwater, uh, rainwater water used in production being reused for irrigation. Um, we've we've cut 40 tonnes of plastic uh, in the last year out of our supply chain by simply moving from, um, you know, polyethylene packaging to cardboard packaging in, in the UK. Um, and, and, you know, internally being conscious and, and careful about, you know, how we recycle waste, um, what partners we're working with, energy usage in offices, you know, reduction of travel for virtual meetings, which obviously has happened uh, by force in the last year, but not something we feel we need to, to return to. Um, so it's, it's a holistic approach and, and, and every effort across the business is, is made to, to have a lighter carbon footprint. Um, and actually, before the end of the year, we're going to start um, printing our, our, our carbon usage per product on the packs, um, which is something that brands like 
Oakley already do, for example. Um, we're kind of following in their footsteps to make sure that um, regardless of what it is, we try and improve it. Um, so um, we'll be we'll be putting that on packs before the end of the year. We're, we're excited about just, I suppose, owning owning our footprint and, and being able to do something about it. So it is all encompassing. That's fantastic. I mean, we've talked on the podcast before about um, the sort of, you know, a kind of equivalent to a traffic light system with, you know, um, the how ethical or sustainable the you know your food purchases are so i think anything that makes the consumer more aware and you know gives them that sort of choice where they can yeah. actually you know it's just visibility isn't it and um yeah because it's so it's so difficult you know it's so difficult for for everyone not just you know people on a vegan diet to kind of make choices that are even just like you say buying vegetables you know where's it come from has it arrived by ship has it arrived by plane you know what what is the footprint of that item so yeah we've we've partnered with a great company called uh, uh, Carbon Cloud um, and there's already a lot of businesses signed up with them you can go on their site and you can see the actual carbon footprint per kilo uh, that, that, that the various different products are making so I highly recommend anyone who's looking for a solution to that uh, to, to contacting the, the guys over there oh great i'll have a look at that well thank you so much for joining us today sam and it's been really lovely chatting to you my pleasure thanks for having me well that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening and as i said earlier please do share our podcast with your friends with your family on social media you can tag us at vegan food and living and at simply vegan podcast Um, we want to reach as many people as possible and inspire and educate everyone to live a more ethical life that benefits us our health the planet and the animals They don't have to be vegan. You might just be planting the seed um, for them to do a bit of research, have a listen to podcasts, and who knows what might happen. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode where I'll be interviewing Simon Hill, who is the host of the Plant Proof podcast. He's a nutritionist, a physiotherapist, and he's the author of a new book called The Proof is in the Plant. Well worth a listen, so join me next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.